0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! This morning, in light of sort of this weekend, I I can't ever not share a Thanksgiving message. I struggle with Christmas messages, I struggle with Easter messages all the time because really the Easter message really should be shared within the context of every Sunday, every time we share the gospel, but uh, I struggle with these messages because there are certain times where you feel like you have to do like a Father's Day message, you have to do, and I don't, I used to kind of feel like I was under that pressure, I don't really feel that way anymore, but I do love one of my favorite topics around, connected to a holiday, is the Thanksgiving the revelation of the power of thanksgiving. I, I I think it's, there's so much depth to the truth and the reality and the importance of understanding why being thankful is so important. In a time when it can it can feel like there's so much to not be thankful for. Like the last two and a half years, there was a lot of things not to be thankful for, but the mature person eventually shifted back to wow this is a season where it's magnifying all the things I should be thankful for and wasn't thankful for in the previous season like freedom in some areas right like I look out here and I don't know if there's anybody wearing a mask god bless you if you are no offense but it feels more free that you can be free and not have to wear a mask everywhere you go and if you think that that's not it, 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 you you are free by wearing a mask, I would have, love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> you can be free in here, but it doesn't always feel like you're free out here. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to breathe the air. How many like to breathe the air? So I, I think we have so much more to be thankful for coming out of a hard season, realizing man, like previous to the pandemic, like we were living large and now all of a sudden everything has changed. And so hopefully that helped you as well in the last season, and you've actually become a little more thankful. I want to reread this scripture to you before we dive into this today. It's going to be short time. Then we're going to pray at the end, see what happens. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. I kind of already shared this when everybody was distracted, but Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church at Corinth, bringing order and correction, bringing healthy instruction regarding what it looks like to, to take part in the act of communion, that it's not just a symbol, there's there's a reality of experiencing God's power in your life through the act of communion. And he's recounting the story of what Jesus lived through in the Last Supper. And he says, For I receipt from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, and I I love this, I love this idea of Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, was able to be thankful. Like, that takes a lot. How many of, like, I mean, you don't have to put your hand up, but, like, everybody probably in life at some point has been betrayed by something or someone. Or you felt betrayed. Maybe you even felt betrayed by God, which is actually impossible, by the way, but you may have felt that way. Your feeling wasn't real. It wasn't a truth feeling. It was true to you, but it wasn't true. God never will betray us. God never will forsake us, never leave us. It's, that's just the, the truth. But you may have felt that way, or if someone else has betrayed you in life, maybe a relational break or something happened that made you feel betrayed. And to be thankful in moments like that is really the test of where your heart is at. To be thankful in the darkest of seasons is really a test to where your heart is at. To be thankful when there's control happening on all sides around your life and you feel like you aren't free is a test to where your heart is at. Like thankfulness is the driving factor and is, I think, and I believe this, one of the main fruits on the tree of somebody who is walking in faith and not by sight. Because to be thankful is a, a demonstration that you are in faith when you're in dark seasons. How can you be thankful when you're in dark seasons if you're not in faith? to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, to be able to see the sparks and the little flames in the midst of darkness is to have, have on the inside of you faith that turns into thankfulness. The moment we start staying in a place of critical or critique or negativity is the moment we stop being thankful. I mean, even scientifically it's proven that when you start your day off with gratitude, it affects the whole day. It affects the brain. You don't even need, forget God for a second. It's the way that we're wired. We need to be more thankful in life. It will affect our mood. It will affect everything. To start your day off with all the things you're thankful for, not all the things that you're frustrated at. It's so easy to hyper-magnify all the things that we're frustrated about and why we can't do this and why we can't do that. How about being thankful for all the things that we can do? Because it will change the way that you position yourself and walk in life. It will change the way that you govern yourself. It changes the way that you perceive and that way, the way that you think. And so he says this. On the night he was betrayed, it says in verse 24, he had given thanks. The word thanks, everyone say this with me, is the word eucharistio. Which is why we call the, this act the, the Eucharist. Okay. Eucharistio is a Greek word, it actually means this, broken down, it means the good and well-meaning favor of God. That's what it means. You know, one of the reasons why it's, you know, we say grace at meal, at the meal. You know why we do that? Really, it's the idea of being thankful and actually unlocking something supernatural, not only within the food, hear me out, but within the experience. Because when you acknowledge the good and well-meaning favor of God in any environment, you're simply saying, God, I am welcoming you into this environment in my awareness. Like, I want to be aware that you are the source of all things good right now in this moment. You are the source. You are the resource. You are the source of this food. Like, I'm eating because you're good. So to be thankful, not only is it something that they used to do to make sure that they would release, I don't want to call it healing, but they would, like, if there's any bacteria or poison in this food, I'm inviting your grace and your favor over this moment right now to deal with all the poison, to deal with all the bacteria. So I'm being thankful. I'm acknowledging the good and well-meaning favor of God. I'm Eucharistio to God. I'm acknowledging that you are the God of this moment. Like I try to teach my kids. I'm like, I'm not religious about the, the saying thank, like be, uh, praying before a meal, but I want my kids before they eat to always remember to be thankful that they have a meal and it's God who is the source. And it's because God is good. So he says, he had given thanks, Eucharistio, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I I shared this earlier, I said, Thanksgiving is one of the ways that we remember how good God is. You cannot separate thanksgiving from a moment like communion. You're taking communion because you're thankful. You're you're taking this act because you're thankful that he died, his body was broken so your body could be healed, that his blood was spilled out so you could be forgiven. Your thankfulness really is the pathway to remember so you could come back into faith if you're not. Thanksgiving both helps our faith, and it also is a result of faith. It's both and. And so I want to talk today <coughs> excuse me, about how thankfulness is the antidote for forgetfulness. So I want attack, to attack this forgetfulness mentality that so many of us have. I want to attack forgetfulness by helping us understand the power of being thankful. The power in a thank you. Has anybody ever felt like they've done something for someone or for a situation and they never got a thank you? You know how it's, it's kind of discouraging sometimes, right? Like we all like acknowledgement. We all like to be thanked for the things that we've done. A thank you goes a long way. God doesn't need our thank you. We need our thank you to fix our heart perspective. There's a difference We might need someone's thank you, whether that's healthy or not. We might need someone's affirmation. God doesn't need any of that. He wants it because it knows it sets your heart right when you pray. Because when you come to him frustrated, chances are you're not in faith. When you come to him agitated, when you come to him in a negative place, not thankful, chances are you're not going to pray the right prayer. Newsflash, there actually is a right prayer to pray and there's a wrong prayer to pray. There are things that God wants you to pray and things God doesn't want you to pray about because they're not necessarily for now or they're not necessarily for you ever. They're selfish prayers. they there's, there's frustrated prayers. There's like, get me out of this situation rather than, what are you doing in this situation? God doesn't sometimes answer the prayers that you want him to answer because they're not prayers he wants you to pray. You're in a tough situation, it's easy for us to say, God, get me out of this. Like, I don't wanna be in this. No one wants to be in tough situations. But it's a promise that you will be in tough situations. So, a better prayer is, God, while I'm in it, however long it is, help me to see what you want me to see and help me to get what you want me to get. Help me to grow how you want me to grow. Now, there are some things that, yeah, you wanna get out of, some things that happen by, you know, wasn't anything that you did just happen. And I believe that God will get us out of situations. But for the most part, often we try to pray our way through things rather than pray our way while we're in the thing to see God do what he wants to do in our lives. And those are the prayers he's not answering often. But I want you to think about, like you did today and through this week, what are you thankful for? I want you to start your day off every morning with something that you are thankful for. See how it affects the way you think, the way that you act, the way that you govern your day. It says in Psalms 95 verse 2, let us come before his presence with, what is it? Thanksgiving. Let us, basically it's a preparation of the heart. It's not that you can't come before his presence, because you're always in his presence. Under the new covenant, he's with you all the time. He's omnipresent. He's not absent. He's with you every time, every day, 24 hours a day. He's with you, whether you know it or not. Hopefully our awareness grows that he's with you all the time. I said it over and over again, I don't like, I can't stand when people pray prayers like God be with us in this conversation. It's like he's not with us, he's with us all the time. He's hearing everything. We never need to pray prayers like God be with us. God be with him on his travels. I can't stand prayers like prayers like that, because it's like, okay, the revelation is that he is with us, that's the new covenant. He's not left us. When you pray old covenant prayers, God's like, sure God sees your heart, scratching his head a little bit. It's like, man, I get it, I have to teach these people. That I am with them. This is the good news of the gospel. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But the writer says, let us come before his presence. Like, I'm encouraging you to prepare your heart in Thanksgiving because it will help your worship. It will help your focus. That word for thanksgiving is the word, say it with me, ta-da. Every time you come before his presence, think of this idea of I'm not I'm not saying it right in the Hebrew, but just for English sake. Think about this idea of like, ta-da, I'm here, God. And what that word means is Thanksgiving. That word literally means an adoration or a praise and can be translated as a sacrifice of praise. So what is Thanksgiving? I would say the majority of all the time. Thanksgiving looks like a sacrifice of praise when you don't feel it. A sacrifice of praise feels like a sacrifice. It feels hard because maybe I'm going through some stuff right now. I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like thanking God. I want to be mad at God. Because God clearly is mad at me because he's not fixing this issue, this problem. Man, it's quiet in here this morning. I don't have John. It's quiet in here. Huh. But ta-da, I'm thanking God. I'm adoring you. This is the, this, this, the mentality. And I'm praising you despite my feeling, despite my circumstance. It's a sacrifice of praise. This is the ta-da. This is the ta-da that the writer is talking about. To start your day off with a sacrifice of praise, to start your morning off with a sacrifice of praise. This is the Thanksgiving we are to come before him with. You guys okay? I want to share three things. I want to call them three don't forgets that we need in this season of our life. Three don't forgets that we need in this season of our life. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Don't forget that Thanksgiving, when I say it, Thanksgiving, don't forget it gives us access. Thanksgiving gives us access. It gives us access in a place where we have confidence and faith that he hears us. It's not that we don't have access. Thanksgiving prepares the heart to believe. It's one thing to pray. And, and hope that he hears us. And one thing to pray and believe and know that he hears us. When you're just simply hoping that he hears you when he's promised you he hears you, you're not in faith. It's, it's, it's a very, because we're under the new covenant now. We're not in an old covenant anymore. God doesn't leave us because of our bad behavior. God is with us. He's made his home within us. The Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of us. We are the New Covenant Temple. It says in Psalms 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Do you hear that? Yeah. Do you know that there's always something that you need on the other side of that gate? Why do we need to enter his gates? Because there's something better on the other side of the gate. We go into a room because there's something we need in that room. On the other side of that door, that locked door, there's something that we need. What gets us there? What gets us to that place? Thanksgiving. Tada! I am choosing today to be sacrificial in my Thanksgiving so I can access the thing that I need on the other side of that gate, that door. And that word, that word literally in the Greek... For gates, literally comes from a word that means to act as a gatekeeper. We have the ability through our thanksgiving to open and close doors. Did you hear that? We have the ability through faith that looks like thanksgiving. Faith looks like thanksgiving. When you're in faith, you will be thankful. So faith looks like thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gives us keys to access what we need. Why? Because of what it does is it grounds us and stabilizes us in a place of faith and it's impossible to please God except by faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6. So when we're in faith, that looks like Thanksgiving, it's like we are gatekeepers to whatever it is that we need in God in every moment. Are you hearing this this morning? Man, it's like dry in this room. Slap your neighbor say, wake up. I don't know. I don't know. <coughs> it's the room. This room is very quiet. And I always say this too, I'm like, if I'm on a conversation call with you, and for 40 minutes I'm talking and you don't even say anything, I'm like, are you there? Hello? Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening. No, sometimes it's good to have like, oh yeah, okay, I hear you. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you encourage the person, like this, you're listening. I know some of you are sleeping, and it's okay. What's that? Speak to you, okay. I'll speak to you. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and do his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Like, like we don't need, I, I, we don't even, we shouldn't, as we grow in God, we should be people of the word. You believe that, right? Like, like if you just come on Sunday, the only time you ever read the word is on, a, and you hear it is on a Sunday, it's, it's like you're in a dangerous place in your relationship with God. Fall in love with the word and you'll fall in love with stability in life. It's like, it, 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 so many, there's so much Bible illiteracy, and that's why the Bible is under attack right now. Not just our faith, it's the truth that this word is under attack right now. Well, it doesn't really say anything about that, or well, it's kind of gray, or, like, the Bible is under attack right now. And that, of course, that means our faith's under attack, but fall in love with this book, and I guarantee you'll fall in love with being stable in life. The reason why we are up and down and tossed back and forth by every wave of doctrine is because we don't have our own doctrine. I'll have I'll have an argument with somebody any day of the week about things in Scripture and often I'd say eight out of ten times the person has no grid and has never even studied the Scripture and is just taking things off, they've heard off the internet. Well in 1946 this happened. No, there's way more stuff that happened before 1946. We can talk all day about that. And I don't even need a 1946 moment to address truth in the word. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's not even part of my teaching. It's okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go there for a second, verse 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Say it with me. Always be joyful. It says and he says this never stop praying. And he says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Like, we get so confused about the will of God sometimes. Yeah, the will of God is love God, make his name known, love people. Real simple, right? But, like, if you want to know how to position yourself when you're in tough circumstances, God's will for you is to somehow find thankfulness in there. To give a ta-da to God. To praise him in the midst of it. It's a sacrifice your car breaks down, you're on the highway, it's cold, you want to freak out, you want to be mad, you want to be frustrated, thank God. Maybe there's an opportunity here. You know how many opportunities, God opportunities I've had when I was the most upset? God opportunities that I've had where God's like, you know, this sucks that it happened. It's not that big of a deal, but I know you're upset, but I have an opportunity for you in this situation. And if you just be thankful, you would see it. How many times I've, you know, in airports or things have happened where I've had opportunities because of canceled flights or, you know, waiting on the runway or whatever the case may be, to see people encounter Jesus in those moments. Like, so much good comes out of so much bad, but the only way for us to see that is to be thankful. To be thankful in all circumstances. So think about right now what are you most annoyed with right now in your life? What are you most frustrated with right now? I wonder if thankfulness would be the key to get you out of that thing. I wonder if you spend the next nine months every day being thankful while you're in the most frustrating space in life, I wonder what would happen in nine months from now. In fact, I would challenge you to try that. Maybe it's the lack of movement in your business, maybe it's the lack of movement in your marriage, your friendships, maybe your career, I don't know. Whatever it is, a sickness in life, think about the thing that, like, just you just want to see change so bad and it's not happening. I challenge you every day to focus on that thing and be thankful for God in the midst of that thing every day for nine months and see what happens at the end of nine months. I wonder what could happen. Because if you truly act as the gatekeeper, when you are thankful and you have access, I wonder if you would finally open that gate and access what's on the other side of that gate. That breakthrough that maybe you've been hoping for. That reward that you've been going after. I wonder what would happen for you and to you. Remember this, every time we pray for anything in faith, we are acknowledging that we are praying for. Whatever that is. Whatever it is we're praying for has already been made available to us. That's why we can thank God. Like. You don't pray for someone to be healed because it hasn't already been made available to you. You don't pray for someone to have like a breakthrough in their in their life because it hasn't already been done. It's already been done. So you're simply partnering with what's already been done. And so that's why it's so important that we're thankful because thankfulness is the fruit of faith in the truth That whatever it is that you're thankful for has already taken place in the spirit. And it's only a matter of time before it affects you in the natural. Taking the intangible and experiencing it in the tangible. That's the goal of our spiritual life in every area. Colossians 3 verse 15, always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. I remember I shared this, um, recently I you know my wife and I we we had believed for years when we were our, grow- our family was growing that eventually we'd be in our own single home and we we used to go into before we even had our first home like town home uh, and our family was small at that time uh, we were living we had moved seven times in the first year we were living with friends of ours for three months in their guest bedroom when we were first married and we used to go in this area where they were and we used to Visit these model homes, these model single homes. These big, and they were like, to us, they were like massive, because we didn't even have a home at that time. Everything is relative when you're like, when you have nothing, right? And, um, and so we, we'd go on our, just for walks, and we'd go into these model homes and just sit on the couch and just thank God that one day we would have a single home like this. And we postured our heart like that. For 11 years, we thanked God We thanked God that we would have that single home at the right time. We thanked God ahead of time. We paved a path for 11 years. This is not instant, but it's an attitude that paves the way for whatever it is that God has promised you in your future. And I want to encourage you, whatever it is that you're believing for, thank God as though it's already there for you now. Number two, don't forget it initiates multiplication. Thankfulness initiates multiplication, it initiates growth, it initiates expansion. In Mark 8, verse 6 to 10, you can read the story, and also in John chapter 6. But in Mark 8, Mark 8 6 to 10, they're feeding 4,000 men plus their families. So let's say there's 25,000 people. Jesus is teaching, they're getting hungry. The disciples are like, We should go into town or send them away because they're getting hungry. We've got to do something, got to feed them. They're getting hungry. And uh, there's, like, maybe 25,000 people, let's say. And Jesus says, "You like, how many loaves do you have? And, and Jesus knew how many loaves they had. He knew how many fish they had. They didn't have enough to feed that many people, like 25. That's a big catering job right there. That's massive. That's a lot of food. And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? Like, insinuating by the question that there's a possibility. I mean, this is Jesus, the the greatest rabbi, teacher, prophet, like, this is God in the flesh asking the question, insinuating that they possibly could have enough loaves to feed them. And he said, listen, we only have, like, a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And Jesus says to him, you give them something to eat. And he says, when he asked them the question, how many loaves do you have? He says, go and see. As in, like, there's still a possibility that if you just go look, there's enough. But what he was doing was he was encouraging them to see with eyes of faith, not eyes of negativity, not eyes of lack, but eyes of faith. He was encouraging them to see beyond their means, beyond what was available to them. That because you're with me, man, I mean, I'm the provider. Like, I want to get, get you to trust me that if I'm leading you and I'm guiding you, and it's a lesson for us, that even if you feel like you don't have enough, you always have enough in Christ. And because he's the God of more than enough, you have more than enough. He says, go and see how many loaves you have. And they came back. They didn't have that many loaves. And the first thing that Jesus, did, you know what he did? Is he thanked God. He looks up and he thanks God. That word is Eucharistio again. He acknowledges the good and well-meaning favor of God in the midst of what feels like lack. And guess what happened? Multiplication happened. Multiplication happened. He thanked God and this is where I, I would align way more with what the Catholics believe. Any ex-Catholics in the house or Catholics in the house or whatever. Like this idea of what's called transubstantiation. That in the point of when Jesus said thank you in the communion, in the Eucharist, in the Eucharist moment, in the, in the, the communion moment when he said thank you, it actually did something to the body. And the blood. Something supernatural happened on the end. That's what the word transubstantiation the inner essence changed. The outward doesn't change, it looks the same. It looks like a bunch of grape juice or wine, a piece of bread, but the inner essence changes. The inner substance changes. That's what transubstantiation is, which is what the Catholics believe when it comes to the the Lord's table. And actually, this is actually all throughout scripture. Think about this, when you give your life to Jesus, you look the same on the outside, right? But the inner essence of you changes. In Deuteronomy, when the disciples, or not disciples, the children of Israel were wandering through the desert for 40 years, it says their, their clothes never wore out. How is that possible if it wasn't supernatural underwear? Something happened on the inside, the inner essence of the underwear must have changed. Right? It lasted for 40, imagine wearing the same underwear for 40 years. <laughs> It'd be like a miracle. Exactly. That's what happens. Well that's what we believe happens in these moments. Jesus thanks God. I mean, let me say it again in Acts chapter 19. I can give you tons of scripture on this. Paul touched handkerchiefs and aprons. And those handkerchiefs and aprons were brought to the sick and unusual miracles took place. The demonized were set free, people were healed when that cloth touched the people. So what does that say? The inner essence of that handkerchief, that apron changed. It looked the same. It still looked like a handkerchief. It didn't look supernatural, but it became supernatural. So I say that to say that when you're thankful over any situation, you actually release the supernatural. The inner essence changes. what so this power in saying grace before a meal, because if there's stuff going on, that inner essence is changing. You're blessing the food. Saying a blessing is not some sort of little token thing you do because you've been in church, you heard that word. You're releasing power over something when you say a blessing over something. You're releasing power. Now if you don't believe that, you're missing out. Because your belief is the driver. If you want to see the outcome, you have to have the faith for it. Don't just go through the motions. That's what religion looks like. Going through the motions without any faith. I believe that when I bless something, it's blessed. So Jesus says, thank you, God, for the little loaves and the little fish that I have. And guess what happens next? It multiplies. Now that one loaf of bread, because the interest has changed on the inside, there's like 10,000 loaves of bread in one loaf of bread. And as he passes it out, it's like he's accessing those 10,000 loaves that you don't see in the natural, but you see as a reward, as an outcome, as they distribute, as they give it out, it's multiplying, it's expanding. You with me? So Thanksgiving, initiates multiplication, initiates multiplication. Number three, don't forget, Thanksgiving brings transformation, transformation, which really is connected to what I just said. But Luke 17, chapter 11 to, or Luke chapter, sorry, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19 is the story of 10 lepers. And I won't read everything to you, but I'll paraphrase a little bit of the story. Ten lepers are cleansed. They're healed of their skin condition by Jesus. And it's not instant. It's as you as they went, three days' journey. They had to show themselves to the priest to show that they actually had been cleansed and it was on the way they were cleansed. Because, you know, healing, the, the Greek word healing comes from the English word therapy. So healing is not always instant. A miracle is often instant, but healing can also be over time. So Jesus, it says, he cleansed the lepers, and it was as they went, they were cleansed. Three days. It took three days. So as they're walking in faith to show themselves to the priest, which was customary in that day, they were healed of their skin condition. Now, in that time, they may have lost limbs, ears may have melted off of their body, they may have lost lost fingers, there was no cure for leprosy. That's why they were in leper colonies, right? It's like they were in isolation, quarantine. Kind of sounds like a a new day, modernized time that we're living in, eh? So they're isolated from the rest of the world. No one's willing to get around them. Stay home. (laughs) We don't want you in here. We don't want your COVID. You know, that's what it was like back then, right? Touchy subject. It shouldn't be. Anyways, let's get over it. (laughs) We're through it now. So, So these lepers are cleansed from their skin disease. And they're on their way to show the priest. But only one out of ten comes back to thank God. Only one had it in their heart to say, wow, I'm, I'm healed. Like, I don't have any more leprosy. To come all the way back, so three days, so let's say six days goes by. Only one had the perseverance and perspective and revelation to come back and thank God. And so look what happens to this one guy who comes back. It says in verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. This is chapter 17. So it was as they went, like I said, they were cleansed. As one of, and one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face, verse 16, at his feet, giving him what? Eucharistio. That's what it is. He gave, the same word, he gave him Eucharistio. He acknowledged the good and well-meaning favor of God. Thank you that you've healed me of my leprosy. But what does Thanksgiving do? It gives us access. What was behind that gate in that moment was not just the the acknowledgement that Jesus was the healer. It's that now I'm going to access wholeness. I'm going to get totally healed. Because they wouldn't have grown back limbs. They wouldn't have grown back fingers, ears in that time if the leprosy had caused an ear or nose to melt off the body. Like, you would need another miracle, creative miracle, to grow that stuff back. It says here, and he distinguishes the wholeness separate from the healing. Listen to this. And he was a Samaritan, verse 17, so he gave him thanks. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten that were cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, listen to this, arise, go your way your faith has made you well that word is sozo in this in this moment it would be noted that there was a different experience that this one man out of 10 had than all the other nine not only was he healed he was made whole again brand new creative miracle something happened to this guy that was different than all the other guys They were all cleansed, but this guy was made whole. This guy was made brand new. How? Thanksgiving. Because it unlocked something supernatural that was still on the other side of that door, that gate, that he had access, that he was given permission to access. The power of Thanksgiving, you guys. This is powerful. I want us to stand up. We're going to worship... To one last moment as we close this Thanksgiving experience out. I know it's very different. But my encouragement to you is to not disconnect in this moment. My encouragement to you is to let God do some work, deep work in you. And maybe you've had and you've tasted like some transformation in your life, change in your life. But maybe, like you're just like, I mean, I need that. I need that wholeness. Like, there's something more that you want to give me, do in me in this season. I want I want you to close your eyes just for a second. This one leper that was healed saw that Jesus was worthy to be thanked one last time and that was the invitation that was the segue into a great healing in their life his life powerful miracle in his life and so i know that we've been in this space this whole talking about thanksgiving wrote these cards down but i want us to close out this thanksgiving sunday with just giving a little bit more to him as an offering and that's our heart that's our A realization that he's worthy of everything within us. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of all of our struggles, all of our critiques, all our negativity. He's so worthy that we could be willing to give up all those things, all those struggles and all those critiques and negativity in our life right now simply to become into a place of thankfulness. Because there's access, there's something that he wants us to access in this season that you've not accessed yet. There's something he wants to release over your life that he has not released yet over your life because (laughs) he's waiting on you to get get right in your heart, prepare your heart. So let's just worship. Lift your hands.